This week, hey everyone, how you doing? Clint Butler here for another episode of SEO This Week. This is episode number 58. We are live. Uh, if you have questions throughout the course of the broadcast, use the chat in the live chat drop on there on YouTube. Uh, otherwise, just kind of email me or, you know, if the post wherever you see the video, just kind of leave your comments there. I will find them eventually no guarantee as to when i had to switch to chrome so in theory all this screen sharing stuff should work you'll be able to see what i'm doing so let me pick a proper window <laughs> oh no it's gonna be clowning me it's gonna clown me i'll just do it this way i'll screen share the whole screen there you go Make this big. I can see your chat, so don't worry about that. We're good to go. So I'm going to zoom in here a little bit. Make sure these pictures show. The first article we're going to talk about is five best DIY image tools for social media campaign. Frankly, I don't know about five best. I bet you there's probably a affiliate thing going on in here. <laughs> um, but these are just some well-known ones uh, that they talk about. The two that I know is Pick the Chart and the Canva. The other two I've not heard of. Stencil I kind of heard of. I think they had an AppSumo offer at one point in time. Uh, really the big takeaway here is, uh, don't use someone else's images unless you know that they're already going to pay off and they're going to work. Uh, they've got a lot of engagement, etc. Then go ahead and I say go ahead and try it. Um, but you can create your own stuff. You just use a little bit of imagination. Uh, typically, if you want to get started with this, go for funny or quotes. Quotes kind of do well uh, for everyone. You just share those on social media and get a little engagement, get some people talking about you. Uh, that way, when you do post about money stuff, it makes it a lot easier to reach people. The biggest mistake you're going to do is if you're always talking about if you're always talking about things that cost or will result in generating revenue for you. We all like to promote our links, promote our blog content. Frankly, in social media, people just don't want to see that crap all the time. That's to them, that's what it is. You may be writing the best stuff, but they're going to see it as crap, and you're just promoting over and over again. Uh, so throw these kind of pictures and these images in. Get some engagement. Talk to people. Get some feedback. Uh, and don't judge off of like one or two. We actually had a client the other day uh, who emailed us because two people made some comments about what they were posting, what we were posting for them on behalf of their their business. And they're like, no, we want to go back to just promote you know, just promote our stuff because these two people out of our thousands of followers that we have, these two people are upset with us because we're, they're getting notifications. Duh. That's the point of doing it and, and creating that engagement to trigger those notifications. Uh, and then another one wanted a specific product. So they wanted to take over their social media management. Doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. You're going to see the downfall of this one as we get on further into uh, the episode. Next is advice local is Google's got the goods points to ponder moving in 2018. This is a pretty good roll up blog post of some of the better content that advice local created last year. Um, I think you'll like it for the, for the most part. These guys, you know, I'm not, I wasn't a fan of their citation services when they first started out. Now that they're advice local, I haven't tried them recently, 
but they do they are putting out some great content uh, stuff that, that i think you'll enjoy uh with that you know google are, are they good to say what uh, product ads and mobile search again kicking those in https and google chrome that stuff that's going on now you, you know if you don't have it you're just going to say non-https you know honestly i thought a lot of people were going to pay attention to that and clear i i don't i don't look at it, it doesn't stand out to me uh it's just you know the circle with the exclamation point big deal uh, as far as i'm concerned and then a bunch of other, you know, latest news and tricks and tips and stuff. So it's a good rollout post if you have some time to get through it. Next is LSA Insider is five Google myths that are debunked. And I'll read these off as one. A business can't rank in a city uh, where they don't have a physical location. That's a myth. You can create a service area business. You can rank a service area business in a three-pack. And they actually show up by default... Uh, Assuming you're in the area, uh, on top of all the other organic listings in, in the uh, in Google Maps themselves, I think it's pretty. You know, that one is a it's a myth. It is a lot harder. Um, that's for sure. That's from my experience because you don't have you can't show you can show relevance to a city, but it's not like you're going to create driving direction maps and stuff like that to show relevance to locations. So um, it does take a little bit more work, but it's it's possible. Next is a next myth is a business can verify a virtual office as long as they receive mail at that location. That's you know that is not that's a, that is a myth. You can uh, get business. You can verify a, a virtual office. There's people that are doing it every day. You can get on Facebook uh, and just look around the groups. There's people who do it. Uh, quite well actually and there's people who use the post office address uh physical addresses for your po boxes as business addresses for the google my business so um there are some people that do it for lead generation obviously that's not the intent but it's not it's not impossible you can do it it's a violation of the terms of service and you might lose your listing eventually um but i know other people that have had maps listings for one two three four years uh, and they're using virtual mailboxes. So they say it's a myth. In truth, you can do it, uh, especially if you're looking at a service area business and you don't want to drop your home address on there. Uh, it is an option for you to at least, you know, give it a good old college try. I will say that the known shared office locations are a lot harder to pull off. In the, fa in the post office trick that I just told you, that's also getting a little bit harder to, but it's still possible to do it. Next is a business can claim they're open 24-7 if they have an answering service that takes calls. I don't know even why that would be a myth. And frankly, uh, if you're 24-7 and you have someone answering your phone calls, then you're 24-7, especially if you're providing that service 24-7. So you're within the scope of it. Um, the terms of service be damned for Google as far as I'm concerned. If you if you you know if you're a 24 hour locksmith and you go out 24 hours a day and people answer your phone 24 hours a day uh, and you can help them 24 hours a day, then you're a 24 hour business as far as I'm concerned. Practitioner listings are duplicates and should be merged. That is a myth. You you know if you have a practice and then you have a whole bunch of uh, in this case, they use lawyers. That's a really good example. So you have your law firm, uh, Dr. Gamble and Schmidt, for example, and then every one of your partners is working there. You can create a, a, a listing for each one of those. Google has already said that you can do that, that each lawyer can have their own GMB as part of that too. Uh, and keywords, using keywords in a business name will help uh, a business get 
found more easily. That is actually true. It works. However, comma, uh, eventually it will get uh, caught, and they'll either do one of two things. They'll delete it and remove it for you, or uh, they'll, they'll um, what do they call it? They'll suspend you uh, or um, send you an email saying, hey, fix this crap. So really, it does work. I actually, we had a web design thing. Uh, so we had digital ear and then we put web design and, and uh, SEO inside of there. And we started ranking almost immediately for in the maps for web design. So it does work. Uh, just know that they're getting better at filtering that stuff out. They're not going to miss all of it. They're not going to catch all of it. And maybe, you know, you don't have proactive competition that's going to filter through that stuff. But for the most part, they do. Uh, it does work. It's not a myth. It does work. Uh, Practical e-commerce did a great article on how to increase your click-through rates in organic search listings. I think this is really important, especially if you know that CTR is important uh, in your uh, in the search results. It's not as uh, manipulative as it was before, but you know it's still there. Um, let me check something. Okay, still alive. You had me worried for a second. <laughs> Uh, the back. There you go. All right, so it's you know it's still a little bit not as easy to manipulate it as well because Google's picking it up and they really have to. You just think about it. The advertisers are paying in the search results, and if they know that there's fake searches and click through rates going through, um, you know that could be an issue for their ads. So that's one of the harder ones to game these days, especially after everyone started off in their services and crap like that. If no one opened their big mouths. Um, and then kept that quiet on sites like Moz and Twitter and kept asking the um, John Mueller that in, in the Hangouts, then uh, Google probably wouldn't have picked up on it as easily. But uh, it is what it is. You can still do it. And now if you're, if you're doing it with really good traffic, you know, paid microworkers actually works really well because those are, you know, residential IPs, especially if you optimize for your location. So you only want U.S. microworkers doing that that gig then this stuff you can actually still pull off uh basically what this article is saying is just kind of use your copywriting to do that for you and taking these ads add examples for your title tags and throwing them in there so slim fit uh, slim fit black fabric joke the slim fit black velvet jacket and just you know save 30 percent. that works on an ad it's top here we know it's converting so why not Remove replaces Charles Twit with this part of the ad. Um, Calvin Klein slim fit uh, jacket, thirty percent. Get it by Christmas. Put that as part of your title tag. Those kind of things increase your uh, click through rate. It, you'll have a greater effect at doing it to your titles than you'll actually have it doing to your meta descriptions. But you know, do it to your meta descriptions as well, especially as that section gets a lot bigger. Uh, for some search terms. And then if you have a uh, another kind of a follow along here, if you look at your keywords to see which ones are giving you some, uh, giving you the most money, especially if your e-com uses acquisition and search queries uh, report, and it'll show you exactly which keywords are doing it. Then you throw your SEO campaigns towards those keywords and then find new ones. So I think it's pretty, this is a pretty good post. I think you'll enjoy it. Bright Local did a post. Uh, it's called Local Citation Services Compared. I like this. I actually wanted to do something like this myself. I just couldn't bring myself to use a couple of these services, like Advice Local and Signups, particularly Signup. 
Um, but I've used Mozd, I've used uh, WhiteSpark, and I currently use Yext. I'm a Yext partner. Um, I like all three of them for what that I use them for. Like I use Moz for the main directories. I use uh, Yext for all the important um, big name citations. And then uh, I use WhiteSpark to kind of fill it up. And then I have an outsource for the rest of them. So we can create, you know, hundreds of these if we want to. Um, but for the most part, you know, what are you going to do if you're gonna, if you're running an SEO agency? You're not like me. You don't want to uh, pay the monthly fee for every client as a reseller, and you just want to kind of knock those out for listings. And you know, bright, uh, bright local and white spark are probably the best for that because it's you know per listing, it's still a little bit expensive, but they're doing a lot more quality work than say an outsourcer is going to do uh, for you. They're just going to go that extra mile, perhaps. You know. I've seen and heard horror stories from both services where they just not not come out as good uh, as expected. Uh, you know, so, so that's something you got to worry about. And then if they have sixteen hundred places that they submit to, you do the math times three. Uh, that could be pretty expensive. And then let's say you do them all, and then your your client changes the, your address and phone number. It happens. Uh, now you got to go in there manually and fix all that stuff. Versus Yext, where I just you know open it up type the change hit submit and then it saves it to all of those other those listings so 100 plus directories and places it sends to change your mods local that's you know the same thing you can update push of a button uh for 99 bucks and then all those other sites that are pulling data from those two sites uh, will get updated as well so it's just you know Peas in a pod kind of thing. What are you, what are you going to do, and what's going to work for you? Uh, I will say that the four ninety nine is actually for the base account over at Yex. There's another one that's a little bit higher. You can do duplicate suppression and stuff. As a regular business owner, you'll pay a thousand bucks for it, and me as a partner, I only pay that four ninety nine. Um, so it's better if you're going to use Yex, find someone who's a partner. They can manage all that crap for you and everything. You pay them the uh, four ninety nine or um, a year or you pay whatever they charge. Like I charge 60 bucks a month to manage your citation. So I'm doing everything. I'll go in there and optimize and I'll change your videos once a month and all that cool guy stuff for you. Um, put your, use my partner status to put multiple links, not just your one URL. You can put multiple links on a bunch of listings. Uh, use my partner status for that. And then submit to Moz Local just so you can get these three aggregators that you can't get through Yext. Just to be safe. It's not, you know, it's not necessary all, all the time, but just to be safe, I do that too. It's 99 bucks for a year. It's too easy. Okay, next post search engine line. 10 facts about search and rich search results that all SEOs should know. This is really talking about JSON LD, setting up your structured data to try to go after some of these rich snippets. It's pretty cool. There's nothing in here if you're used to doing rich snippets and you're used to playing with things. Uh, that will that is groundbreaking other than that they've added the rich snippets testing tool into the uh, structured data thing so it'll just kind of show you that you're eligible for it or not especially if you're working really hard to get some featured snippets and you're just not doing it uh, this will tell you if you're eligible uh, specific for specific types uh, i believe it's recipes and there's a couple other ones in there and they're adding more as you go along uh, and then you just kind of work and go ahead and try to find some things that you can take over. Uh, and it just kind of tells you how to do it. And honestly, it's not. If you're well into schema and all that stuff, you don't need to know about any of this stuff. You already do. 
um, but it's a good refresher if you haven't used it in a while or you never used it. Next, search engine people. This is actually a really good post, only because a lot of people just don't know this stuff and how it's getting done. Here it talks about Parasite SEO. I don't really think it's Parasite SEO. Personally, it's just, you know, conduct keyword research, analyze your current ranking articles, look at the guest post opportunities, um, pitch them your article, and then link back to your site. So you, this is essentially, it's not even Parasite SEO. It's using, uh, it's guest posting. It's an, and manual outreach or automated outreach, whatever you want to do. Parasite SEO, as I know it, is I find the website that I'm allowed to post on, medium.com, for example, uh, and I create all my content on there to rank it uh, for the terms that I'm going for. Then I link back to my site. So affiliates would use this method really well if they have a short-term launch. You know, use medium.com, create it, rank it, and then put a backlink uh, to their primary affiliate site that just didn't have enough power uh, to rank for that term or short-term. And you do that and long enough, eventually it's going to carry it. So you only have to use your affiliate site now, um, not the parasite. So kind of, you know, two-for-one deal there. Next, how to use uh, search intent for your business. A lot of people are screwing this up. SEOs and particularly business owners, um, they want to rank for some term like DUI attorney, which, you know, it's great. If you're looking for DUI attorney, you probably need one. Maybe you're not in the buyer uh, point, though. Maybe, you know, DUI attorney in Los Angeles, you're closer to the buyer now. Uh, DUI attorney in Los Angeles near me. Um you're even closer. So as he, as your term gets longer, your search intent uh, changes through that through that bar process. And this is something that I, you know. This is a pretty good article. I think if as an SEO, you know, we're going to start doing some more of these for both the my agency blog and the the other agency I run, um, kind of to clear these up and kind of put that in part of a uh, a reading cycle for our new clients and maybe even our list. That way they understand this stuff. So when I have a talk, conversation and you call them up and you're talking about them and you're like, hey, we do all these transactional keywords. Now that they know what the hell you're talking about more. When you say informational keywords, uh, they know. this. So this is a good one to learn, especially if you're a business owner and you're looking at SEO uh, and picking out your words. That if you have an SEO company that says, give me your 10 keywords that you want to rank for. First, it's their job to find out what the 10 should be, and then two, that'll help you, you know, either A, give them the 10 so that you know that you're ranking for what you think in meeting your business goals, or uh, you can kind of quality control what they're doing. This one is a roadmap for solid B2B Facebook advertising strategy. This is actually pretty good and important for us because digitally, you know, we're going to go ahead and refine and get into uh, Facebook messaging. If you've seen us on our other show, White Hat versus Black Hat, we talk to Steven a lot, and he's doing crazy stuff with Facebook. And you know, I always kind of want to step up our game with that. You know, we can we can hold our own in Facebook, but B two B stuff and generating some B two B leads would be pretty awesome, especially for the agencies. Uh, and then kind of use this as another offering for our clients, or add it into uh, what we're doing for SEO. So you know, let's say you charge three grand a month for SEO, we can drop. Uh, 250 in the Facebook ads. We drop 250 into Bing and or AdWords uh, and generate leads for them through PPC and SEO and verify that our terms are right and our keyword research is right. We're still well within a profit margin of where we want to be for every client. So, um, 
you know, that's why this is kind of good to uh, be on this. And let's face it, a lot of SEOs kind of get tired of doing SEO. Uh, so you learn something new, get yourself a better skill set, and then if you want to move completely off the SEO and go straight into PPC and only manage that, you can scale that pretty easily, uh, especially if you're good with it. So check this out. It's a really good post. I like it. This was big news. It came out yesterday. Facebook is changing the way the feed works. Now, if you were back here before, a lot of people were to get a create a page, they get famous, uh, and be able to promote their content using their Facebook pages. Then they change their feed, and now it's much less visible. Uh, now they're making it even harder. So basically, what they're doing is they're optimizing their their um, the news feed and their algorithms so that pages by default actually won't show in there unless you engage with them. Uh, and it's not just engaging every once in a while that you're going to see their posts. It's you have to engage. You have to get an audience to engage with every one of your posts because they look at the average of that and say, uh, this page is engaging or not. From an SEO perspective, it doesn't matter. You can still post your blog post link on there and get the SEO juice and, and send links to your page. And that's still indexed and they still see it uh, as a backlink. But from a you know social media aspect, and, and you know you know a lot of our business comes from uh, Facebook. If we lose that visibility, we have two options now. Uh, that's increase our engagement, which we do. Uh, you know we're working on that and figuring out the ways to do that for an SEO agency. How do you have fun with that? Uh, and two, uh, you can do paid ads. So. It's going to be interesting. I think if you are a Facebook person, uh, this is something to really look at. I can see an increase in avatars uh, or personas showing up in Facebook now, just because once you're friends with someone, you're more and you engage with them, it's way more likely to be seen than a Facebook page. So I see an increase in avatars in order to uh, to engage people and to sell products and services beyond ads. You know, Facebook claims it's changes to make your feed better and increase the quality of stuff you've seen as their answer to fake news. But really, it's, it's a great business decision for them because now if you run a page and you want to sell a product, you have to pay for ads. Um, but, you know, it sucks for us as a uh, engagement kind of piece to get some free traffic uh, out of that. Next is uh, Rand Fishkin. The only reason I kind of like this post is because a lot of businesses, even today, are still coming to this and saying, hey, my search volume is 1400 or 14000 a month, and I want to rank for this term. And you got to tell them that that thing's not reliable. And a lot of times, if this happens during a sales call, it's going to come across as you're trying to uh, pressure them into something else that they don't want. Whether that's true or not, uh, you're in that sales process, and that's what I'm thinking. Having something like this to show off to people from a third party who, you know, think what you will around Fishkin, he's considered an SEO expert, a third party uh, on a really popular platform. He's saying that don't follow the keyword numbers. Uh, It makes your argument a lot easier to get by with so i check this out again if you already know know it then there's there's nothing insightful in here just another good presentation um but if you don't you want to know here his aspects of how to uh look at those numbers then this would be pretty good
Selling SEO to C-suites, this is just another, it's a great article on how to talk to executives. Uh, a lot of times you're just going to get the chief marketing officer in these C-suite kind of things anyway. Um, but this gives you some ideas on how to go through that sales process. Nothing groundbreaking, but if you don't have a sales process, it's a good place to start. Uh, Google indexing offers index uh, search tips. For me personally, I use I get more image traffic from Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook than I do from Google. But there is value to be had in ranking for these, uh, ranking these images. So go ahead and optimize them in accordance with what he's saying here, and just kind of play with it and see if you can get you know the feature snippet image and stuff like that. Those will all help uh, down the road to establish the authority of your site, even if they don't bring any traffic. PageSpeed Insights, hate this tool, positively hate it, but it's needless, I got to tell you about it. So any website or any, you know, person that creates a PageSpeed tool that tells you that you need to fix elements from their own services, i.e. Google Fonts or YouTube, uh, every every time you run this stupid tool, it tells you that your site sucks because you have those features on there. But Google gives you those features and they want you to use them, uh, and then they penalize you in this tool. It doesn't, it's dumb to me personally so adding to you more little kind of uh, features in a fancy graph doesn't make this tool any better in my opinion use webpagetest.org or webspeedtest.org you have to look that up uh, i don't have it off my head As a matter of fact i can just find it right now real quick webpagetest.org use this tool it's a lot more complicated uh, you're looking at the uh, first buy time and the uh, start showing time. It's really all that matters for PageSpeed optimization, for search engine optimization, uh, and then leave it at that. Don't get your clients hooked up on this thing because they're going to be chasing these numbers. I've seen people with 100 and 100, and it takes four, four to five seconds for the website to load. It's not good. That's not good at all. Uh, and why Google will create a tool that busted, I have no clue, but it is what it is. Uh, Google to publishers, optimize your content for search assistant. You know, I haven't really looked at this search assistant though. I think it's kind of cool. Um, just, you know, it's something to do. You can use AMP if you want to and stuff like that. It's just one more way to drive traffic. I won't put it only put it, thought into it at some point where, uh, it may become important. They're sending messages in Google, uh, search console. Um, but for the most part, I haven't seen any of any of my sites like not yet, but, you know, if you get it, maybe they think that you are getting traffic from Search Assistant and that you'll be, you'll value from it. So I just, you know, try it out. If it doesn't take you too much time, then what's it going to hurt? How to build an e-commerce keyword list. E-commerce is pretty rough because you're talking about products uh, for the most part. And you can rank product names but let's be honest, the search volume is going to be a lot lower than if you rank for categories and stuff. And it's my opinion that categories actually rank better for e-com and you're going to get you more traffic anyway. So let's kind of get you through the process of doing that, looking at the uh, keyword research uh, for that, particularly for your categories. Again, you can rank for products all day long and unless they're popular, there's just not a lot of people can search for them. Uh, versus if you're ranking for categories. And our testing has shown the categories rank higher than product pages uh, when you're comparing them back to back. So uh, I'm just going to look at your categories and do your keyword research for there and you know, find the appropriate mess. 
12 books. This is pretty cool, only because I'm going to start reading more. I actually bought a Kindle uh, membership and, you know, make sure I read more. So I just figured this would help you guys out if you want to kind of join me in that whole crusade. I read eight books last year. I kind of read, read, read some more. haven't read any of these, so it's a good list to, you know, go ahead and start off of. Like I said, just pay the 10 bucks a month and get the Kindle for free, the Kindle Unlimited, and drop them on there, and you're good to go. There's really no excuses after that. Uh, and then finally, we're going to close out as Google has added videos to the GMBs. I think this is kind of pretty cool. I think, um, you know, we were doing photos. We are geotagging the photos and then put them over into Google Photos and geotagging them there and Google Plus and geotagging them there. So why not do that with the, uh, the videos? You can geotag your video files. We're going to try that out uh, and see where these videos are, are loaded to. If they're going to Google Drive, well, there, there's another option. Um, versus if they're tied to a YouTube channel, that's not clear yet because, you know, when you create a new GMB listing now, you don't get an automatic uh, Google Plus listing page. Uh, so with that, you're not getting that YouTube channel. And I think that this is going to be uploaded somewhere completely different. I don't know. I haven't gotten a chance to play with it, but it is up there. It is available uh, to everybody now, according to Google. So I check out your GMB listings and see if you can't do... Uh, some of those. I'm going to go ahead and stop the screen share. There we go. I'm back. All right. So, got a couple watchers, a couple viewers. So, if you guys are interested uh, in more, knowing more about the um, the studies, the the stories for this week, just go ahead and you know message me. Uh, otherwise, I look forward to hearing your comments. Uh, questions, bitches, bites, complaints. And if you're listening on the uh, the podcast or, you know, you're watching a recording, come to these live. I'm going to hold them every Friday. I think I'm going to hold them every Friday at this time. It's the end of the week. Uh, you can get some beer. You can just, you know, we can just talk about SEO before we go join the weekend and spend time with our families. With that, I'm going to end the show. This has been episode 58 of SEO this week. I'm Clint Butler. And- See you next week.